Welcome to Lumiant Live. I'm your host, Mark Ackroyd. Lumiant Live is the podcast for advice professionals that believe in a values-based advice experience, but still have that question, how does it all work? We connect listeners with other advice professionals to hear best practice client stories or business examples and lift the lid on how they made it happen. Now, on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lumiant Live, a very, very special episode today. I'm so excited for this and uh, and hopefully the audience, uh, you'll you'll hear the energy coming through here because we're, we're about to go for a wild ride with our guest today, who is Dennis Mosley-Williams. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm excellent. Good morning, Mark. Good to see you. Chipper, settled <laughs> into Chicago and loving it from every from all reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, for the audience, I've uh, I've made the move over here to Chicago. So uh, if you start to hear a twang coming through in my voice, it's just me acclimatizing. Um, but, you know, Dennis, uh, it is so good to have you on uh, the, the Lumion Live podcast here. We've recently started working together uh, as part of the Lumion community. And uh, for those of you that read our newsletters, you'll know a little bit about Dennis and his, his company. But uh, let me fill you in with the the formal bio, and then we'll we'll get into the more informal uh, expertise that Dennis uh, Dennis has here. And uh, Dennis, I know this is often cringeworthy for people as I read this out, but uh, go with me on this, mate. So, for those of you that don't know, Dennis, uh, Dennis shows organisations how to create transformative experience for clients, customers, and employees. Starting to get the drift of why we're working together. Uh, He's a certified expert in the experience economy. Dennis helps organizations understand that customer experience is the predominant economic offering in the world today. As distinct from services, as services are from goods. He's also the author of Serious Shift, How Experiencing Staging uh, Can Save Your Practice, a guidebook on how the experience economy can be adapted specifically to the financial services industry. And lastly, he's also the founder of Dennis Mosley-Williams Strategic Consulting, a practice management company that helps organizations secure and build sustainable relationships by creating experience-driven solutions that deliver results, increase revenues, and build enthusiastic referral-generating communities. So I'm sure as you can gather from that bio, he's a really excellent person to be around for us uh, and someone we're super proud to have part of the Lumion community. Uh, Dennis, thank you for joining us today. We're going to unpack all of that. Um, And, you know, we're going to unpack that in the sense of the experience economy and talk a little bit about that. For for those of you that that don't know the experience economy or for those that are a part of uh, your your sort of community and have heard you speak about that, you know, I'd love to know you've you've not only just been speaking about the experience economy in recent times, Let's let's start firstly, what is that, right? What is the experience economy? Because for those of you that haven't heard of it, they, they're probably going, what, is that, what does that actually mean? Sure. <laughs> and, um, and for those of you that have uh, heard you speak about that, um, they're really keen to understand what's replacing it or what's next. How about you start there for us? Okay, that'll work. Mark, let me just say that I'm delighted to be working with you guys and a part of what you got going there too. And what everybody's going to learn, I think, during this podcast what they'll see is why we are so aligned. So let's begin with your question. What the heck is the experience economy? First thing I want everybody to know is it's capital letter E, experience capital letter E economy, in the same way that you would capitalize the agrarian economy, the industrial economy, 
and the service economy. The experience economy simply refers to what the predominant economic offering is today that's driving the economy, which has become experiences more so than services. And where it's going and why this may, why this is just so appropriate for the financial services industry is what's coming on the horizon. And I just want to say, I almost feel like I'm bragging <laughs> because I'm bragging. <laughs> <laughs> I've been consulting in the financial services industry for so long, I'm confused about it. It's more than 25 years, but less than 30, <laughs> somewhere around 27, I think. And what I observed pretty much on day one is what I continue to talk about now. And what I realized coming, I was, I fell into the financial services industry. I did not ever think I would work in the financial services industry. And when I was offered this opportunity, I thought this is going to be the best six months of my life. What a perfect little six month contract to literally bridge me from where I am to where I want to be six months from now. So not knowing what I was saying, I said on day one, I don't think this business has anything to do with the products. I think, and I'm speaking to all the advisors listening right now, I in fact believe that your clients believe that you're going to get the service done. You're going to help them achieve all their financial goals. They know it. I believed it 25 years ago. I especially believe it today. Okay, I know it. What your clients are thinking about, I said, is who they want to be when they grow up. They're driving in the car and you're thinking about them as a portfolio and they're trying to figure out, and I'm sincere, how they feel about themselves, how their family's doing. I mean, I know that you're a new dad. So I'm going to say something that you've probably heard before, but it's going to resonate with you more than ever. You are only as happy as your least happy child. <laughs> well, you I'm, got a kid that's wounded. You don't have any other problem in the world, emotionally wounded, physically wounded, on the shelf, mending, whatever. When you're concerned about your kid, you're concerned of nothing else. And I, so to take such a scary example away, I'm just saying we're humans. We got a lot on our minds. And I really think that what this should be about is who we're helping the client become. In other words, well, I'm managing your portfolio and I'm going to help you and your and your young family achieve all your financial goals, but what else am I going to do for you? How else am I making you a profit in your life? What is success? And when we were in the service economy or even the you know the service we'll stick in the financial services industry. At one time Success was a number. Oh my goodness, now that I think of it, we even would say that to each other. Everyone cringe. You ready? Fringe alert. What's your number? So we ask each other, what's your number? What's the number you need to hit to be out, to stop, to retire? What's your number? Life's a journey. A number is part of it. Money's really important. It buys you out of a lot of trouble and inconvenience. But there's other ways to measure your happiness, and this is transformation. How you feel about yourself, your community, your loved ones, your purpose, your mission, your contribution. How you feel about your own sense of accomplishment and achieving your personal aspirations. Everyone, 
Who are you helping your client become? If you, I'm sorry, I'm on a rant. I'll say one more thing. Shut up. I promise. Permission to rant away. Every, everyone here, I, I, I'm assuming is as captivated as I am. Oh, Please. you're a love, man. What a lovely thing to say. My wife's name is Sherry, if I haven't made that clear yet. And Sherry says that it's an occupational hazard. The guy always thinks he's got an hour to make a point. No, 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 it's a quick question, pal. Okay, so here's a way to think about this, everybody. If you sat down with a new client who never had to think about money again, what would you tell them they need to think about? Okay, what are the other important, based on your life experience, you meet wealthy people all the time. Some of them are happy, some of them aren't. You meet complete and incomplete people all the time. If someone walked in for whatever reason it is, it doesn't matter. I don't ever actually have to think about this ever again. What would you tell them to think about? And then follow-up question is, how are you helping your existing clients think about those things? That's transformation. That And, and transformations increasingly are becoming the predominant economic offering. And wow. the challenge for the business the is challenge. going to be figuring out how to charge for that which I'm working on, but I don't have any answers for you. So please don't ask me about that. Oh, well, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll crowdsource it. Maybe there's someone someone listening to this going, I've got the answer. Please. I, I kind of have half the answer and it would and it works with Lumiant in that, well, what you'd have to do is you'd have to do way more triage at the beginning of the relationship with the client, way more understanding everything Dennis and Sherry want and that they need to do in their life and you would then need to integrate all financial services. You'd need to partner with your client and partner with them in the achieving of said aspirations. You'd have to build an aspirational plan as well as a financial plan. So let's say that you're, and what I mean is if you said one day, I want to transform and write the great Australian novel. I want to be a novelist. And you're years from retirement and all these things at this stage. But if I was your advisor working with you today, it would mean beginning today, how do I connect you to that aspiration and set you on the path? And this is part three, support you. Part one, I'm integrating all financial services. Yeah. Number two, <clears throat> I partner with you. Your aspirations become as important to me as your financial goals are. And number three, said aspirational plan, I support you all the way through it, beginning right now by connecting you to, you want to write the great American novel? A writing club, a book, a blog, a community. Anything I can do so that you can say to me, I feel like a writer now. You're not moving to the outback to live in a tent and write the great Australian novel yet, but you're writing and you weren't a week ago. That's a transformation. I'm guiding you. And I might augment or supplement that by bringing in specific guest speakers, et cetera, that don't talk about retirement income planning, that might talk instead about how people accomplish things. I brought in a psychology professor from the university to talk about people and procrastination and goal setting and how our brains work. That would be a fascinating guest speaker to have in front of a room full of people who you've committed to transforming. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with you, man. We're gonna we're gonna um, 
I've I've become aware actually, but before I before I ask this question, I've become aware of a bit of a Illuminate Live bingo game that's happening out there. Um, that yeah, if you if you if you called it a drinking game, everyone would take a shot every time I said, "Let's unpack that." Right, um, right, right. Because I do, I want to unpack that, right? And right. I want to unpack um, thinking about our advisor community on there. Often, one of the questions or, or the level we need to get down to in detail is quite definitional. Uh, okay. if I use that word. And um, you, you, you way back at the start, you mentioned it's about moving from experience. Yes. To transformation. Correct. So can you stay on transformation with me and, and just tell me a little bit more about what does that look like, feel like? Get get into that for me. Sure. Please. Yeah, for sure. I'm warning you all now, there is an absolute blizzard of nerddom heading your way, and you're all gonna want to buckle up. <laughs> so all of this wonderful insight before we go any further comes from the book, The Experience Economy, published, I believe, in, I know for a fact, in fact, 1999, written by Joe Pine and Jim Gilmore. I was talking about experiences before The Experience Economy came out. It's kind of a funny little joke here. It's an inside joke I'll let you in on. I last saw Joe Pine and Jim Gilmore two weeks ago in Atlanta, and I let them know, and they know this, that in the financial service industry, everybody thinks I wrote their book. <laughs> it's like, I've been talking about your book since the minute it came out. And central to their argument is the progression of economic value. We've talked already about the, uh, well, I've mentioned the service economy, the experience economy, and the transformation economy. The economy is always evolving. This we know. The economy evolves because consumer sensibility changes. This we know. Here's the third thing we all know. We all know that commoditization is a fact. It's like gravity. It's a law. It's not a rumor. <laughs> the antidote to commoditization is customization. We have been moving away from being farmers, the agrarian economy, for 200 years. If you take a, the agrarian economy, just stick with me, everyone. I did warn you it was going to be a little nerdy, but at this point, you're in. Just don't worry. We're almost through. Here it goes. In the agrarian economy, the predominant economic offering were commodities, raw materials that you haul out of the ground. They sell on price. Cheap, cheap, cheap. They are completely um, undifferentiated. And completely almost irrelevant. Coal that you haul, haul out of the ground in British Columbia, Canada, is no different than the coal that they haul out of the ground in Pennsylvania. We like to tell ourselves it's better, of course, but it's all the same. If you take a bunch of commodities and you customize them, they become goods. We've turned the commodities into a more relevant, differentiated product that you can actually use. We're not selling you trees we cut down in the forest. We've turned them into two-by-fours. If you take a bunch of products and you customize them, they become services. We're almost there, everybody. For the real quick swimmers, you can see this coming. If you take a bunch of... Hold on. The service economy, where most advisors think they are, is over. 
What you need to know about the service economy is in the service economy, the goods and the services became commodities. In that, we they compete on price. Hello, fee-based investing. From commissions to fee-based investing. Sophisticated financial planning, reporting, incredible products, truly available at one to one and a quarter percent or less, as you know, if you want to go online. Oh my goodness. Take a bunch of services, customize them. What do they become? Experiences. Yes. And what's an experience? How does it differ from a service? It's more meaningful, emotional, memorable, deeply personal. And if you take a bunch of experience, I didn't mean to point at you. If you take a bunch of experiences and you customize them, what do they become? A transformation. Drive this home. Here it is. Advisor friends in the Lumiverse, as I like to call it, floating out there in a tin can. In your enlightened self-interest, what you want to do are is you want to stage a series of sequential experiences that guide your clients to a transformation. Full stop. What are you talking about? What series of sequential experiences? Onboarding, review meetings, check-in calls, all the things that you do presently as a service, customize them. Okay? And then second, and leading them to a transformation. This sounds out there. This sounds beyond where I'm comfortable. This sounds like not my job. Well, you're right on the first two, wrong on the last one, and you better line up behind me and follow me to the promised land here. A transformation is simply this. You lead your client to at least the possibility of changing their beliefs or their behavior. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. The greatest thing a client can ever say to anybody who works with them in a position of trust, be you financial experts out there or experience economy practice management experts on this side of the desk. The greatest thing I can hear and you can hear is this. Wow, I never thought about that before. That's a transformation. Okay, here's another great thing you could hear your clients say. And you were, they, they should say these things to you because this is your job, in my opinion. They should say this to you. Hey, Mark, um, I just want to let you know that since I started working with you, yeah. I spend a lot more time with my children than I ever did before. And a person would say that to you because you're showing them the light. You're showing them how important that is. Like that, again, a transformation that has nothing to do with their portfolio. Mark, I just really want to let you know I finally understand asset allocation. No, that's not a win. A win is you have made me a different person. You have mixed up my values in a positive way. Thank you. One for you, I could have wasted seven more years with this misery and not even known. If it wasn't for you, this is right, you know, percent, you probably know all this stuff better than I do. The percentage of clients who have all kinds of stress because of money. And I, I saw this one report one time and I, I laughed and it was percentage of clients who have a bank account the other spouse doesn't know about or debt they don't know about. And I was like, my wife and I are like total, she's my CFO, right? So it's like, we are a total open book. 
But I remember thinking, man, what a value prop proposition that could be. And by the way, Mark, you work with me, I'll make sure you have 37% less arguments with your spouse. <laughs> like just by working with me, just by helping you uh, transform your own attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors around money, you know? Anyhow. Yes, that's uh, that's exceptional. So if I play some of that back, I, I I won't I won't try and play it all back, right? That's what the recording's for. But what I heard was some great definitions and great examples of the difference between service, mm-hmm. experience, and transformation. Correct. Service is what everyone does: delivery of investments, delivery of a financial plan. Experiences customize it. Transformations are a sequence of those experiences that guide your clients to become a better version of themselves. Yes. Radio. I'm, I'm, I'm on the track. Keep going. Are you going to correct me? Are you gonna... No, I want to add something to that. That's very it. well done. If you think about what an experience is, most people, like everyone listening, did you just, if I say, okay, what's an, ex- I'll, get, I'll ask, give you a pause and then an answer. If I say, what's an experience? Most people went to an event in their head, a 50th birthday party, the birth of my child, opening day, whatever. An experience is time well-designed. Services are services are time saved, right? You're paying someone a lot, so to speak, to take actions on your behalf. In fact, well done. You specifically used the word delivered. That kind of thrills me a little because as I've said now three times, because I am literally a massive nerd. And I don't just mean figuratively. I'm a six foot four, 235 pound nerd. I'm one of the biggest mammal nerds you're ever going to meet. You deliver services and the consumer, the client gets time saved. You do it for me. I'll go to the beach experiences are time well spent. Think about it, everybody. When you really want to do something, an experience that's rare and very relevant and personally meaningful to you, you book way in advance. You stand up in lineups. You pay a premium, but you tell yourself this is money well spent. A transformation is this. Pardon me, not money well spent, time well spent. A transformation is time well invested. Time well spent. I'm calling you from springtime here. I've just gone through a Canadian winter. Here's time well well spent. I don't care how much it costs. I'm flying as an experience. I'm flying direct to Fort Lauderdale. I'm going directly to my hotel, putting a bathing suit on, laying by that pool for three days to get the hell out of the winter. I'm paying too much for cocktails, too much for pool food and i don't care money time well spent i'm gonna freak out if i don't get into this winter here's time well invested i went and did something really tough in the middle of it i wondered what the hell i was doing but when it was over i returned i climbed a mountain i went on a retreat i took a course I had to become something, time well invested. Now, be an advisor. What do you do? You save people time? Are you time well spent or are you time well invested? That's the, And you want to be time well invested, obviously. You don't have to be, by the way. 
You absolutely don't have to be. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be, but you can do it. Lots of people won't. They'll just stay in services, but the, you know, doing as little as they can, getting as many clients as possible, you know, and spending as little time with clients as, as they possibly can. Go ahead. Competing, selling commoditized services, which is a choice that I don't understand. When you can also choose to be the story everybody's talking about. Or you can choose to compete on price and efficiency, saving people time. You know how you do that? If you're my client, by doing it this way, let's just have Zooms. I can have way more meetings on Zoom if I don't have to drive anywhere. Yeah, take the humanity out of it. Take the connection out. Take the art out. Take the, the required human work out and just strip it right down and be a you know human computer. Well, that's your that's that's where I was I was going to go with you there, right? So often we hear this internal conflict with advisors, practice managers, everyone that's sort of thinking about you know creating a great client experience. That to do that costs me as the as the provider time. Yeah, and the short answer is yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Yeah, and does. your point is yeah, I know, yeah, I know, it man, does, right. So um, what, are some, what are some ways, I mean, you've just gone through a fair bit about it, but, you know, that internal conflict, because you just spoke about for the client, it's not necessarily time, um, time saved, but time well spent. Is it the same message for advisors considering implementing this approach or taking this approach that, yeah, it might cost you more time, but it's the right investment of your own time? Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and I'd like to say right off the hop, it doesn't cost you a lot of time. It's just this much more, but all the time. And like on consistently asking yourself a few key questions. What am I, do, you know, you know, looking at an experience as time well designed, a few key questions through this whole journey for the client. What do, what do we do well and how can we do a little bit better? How can we eliminate sacrifice? How can we work in a surprise? And how can we sort of inform everything we do here with, a, with an idea? Something, how can we create something for our clients to buy into, not buy from? You know, I'll point out Nike. Nike has just do it. I don't, I don't know that any other shoe company that I can think of has a lot, a, a tagline like that. Every other shoe company sells features and benefits. Our shoes do this, they're this color, they have a pump in them or whatever the heck it is. Nike has just do it. They've given their clients something to buy into. So if your question is, what do you say to somebody, to an advisor who thinks this is going to be a lot of time? I'm going to say, well, under your current way you run your business, it's going to be a lot of time. But you could run your business differently. The business I'm describing is, after all, a totally different business than a service business. Okay. And, but it's in your enlightened self-interest to do it. Here's why. There's two kinds of loyalty. There is the loyalty of um, uncertainty and obligation. Here, where, where's my little thing? I can just drive this home. Isn't it fun, by the way, two cousins of the Commonwealth are having this conversation, an Australian and a Canadian? It's like a joke. <laughs> an Australian and a Canadian walk into a bar with 3,000 financial advisors from around the world. Okay, here it is. Up here in Canada... This, we're talking about loyalty. There's two kinds. The first kind is 
uncertainty and obligation. The second kind is connection and identity. Now just hear me out. Here in Canada, my mobile telephone provider is, doesn't matter who they are, but they're Rogers Communications. And if you were to look and they do provide me with an absolutely fine experience, full stop. <laughs> Get those lawyers ready. Over there. <laughs> they're fine. If you looked on paper, you, you wouldn't think I think they're fine. You'd think I think they're amazing. What any product or any service they have that I can pay for, I'm paying for. They've got my mobile phone, my home phone, my office internet, my home internet. My gosh, they bundled in my wives and my children, or my wives, my wife and my children. They're all in there. Everybody's on the package, the program. I'm not trying to be offensive when I say this. They got their hooks in me. It's gross, but it works. Well, why don't you change to the other guys at Bell? Mobility. Uncertainty, obligation. But what renders down to? Because it's probably a pain in the ass. That's why. I don't know for sure, but I bet it is. And the perceived hassle factor of new ID, you know, account numbers and passwords and the misery of it is going to keep me at Rogers probably till I'm dead. I should buy shares. Okay, ready? This is my iPhone. <laughs> okay. I have loyalty for Apple products as I talk to you through a Mac, iMac with a Mac book and an iPad in the bag behind. Connection and identity. Me and Apple, we see the world the same way, or at least I believe I do. This is what that means. It means that at least once I'm going to stick with Apple over a better option just because, not just because, just because we see the world the same way. So if you're selling as an advisor saying, ah, I don't know if I want to do all this. It's like, okay, well, that's your call. I'm not going to talk about what could or couldn't happen. What I'm saying is, but if you did, you'd have a totally different business. And you'd have a business built on buy-in, connection, identity. We all work with Mark because we are all wanting to accomplish this together. And without Mark, it can't get done. And if you, this is about referrals here, this comment, I don't know when I've, financial advisors do satisfaction surveys all the time. And they all pass. I got 96%. Like, it's like outrageous, like road scholars of client satisfaction. But they don't get any referrals. Very few advisors would say, oh, yeah, that's, that's my number one source of business. Whereas I would say, it's, it should be your only source of business. People calling you because they hear great things. Here's why you don't get referrals. Because you're waiting for service referrals. Loyalty, okay? Meaning this. A person has to have a problem. That's number one. Yeah. Then they got to know they have a problem. Oh my goodness. Then you get to number three. They have to want to tell somebody about the problem they have as it relates to financial planning. Number four, that person has to know you. Number five, and that client of yours, that person that knows you has to decide, do I want to assume the social responsibility of connecting Mark to my advisor or my friend to Mark? What if it doesn't work out? What if, what if, what if? So we stay quiet. You get a 96% satisfaction rate, but I tell myself, yeah, but whatever, you can find an, your own Mark because they're all the same. Okay. But what if 
it's buy-in transformation. Then what kind of referrals do you get? Now you're changing the client. You're helping them become, live their best life. You're helping them tend to those matters that are most important. They're having, they're making connections, insights, shifts. They feel it. And guess what they do? They talk about it. Now you're getting different kinds of referrals. You're getting referrals that sound very human. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, man, you got to meet my friend, Mark. No, 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 no. This, you know, that thing I told you about? Yeah. No, Dennis, Dennis taught me that. No, he's my advisor, but it just, he just gives me a book every quarter. I got to read. And then we talk about it or whatever it is. He had this event. It was incredible. He's really all about this people. You know, when someone says to you, tell me that again, in conversation, you tell them this great thing. I found this place. We did this on the weekend. I heard this, saw this, and it's truly a fantastic story. Watch what people do. They usually go like this. Okay, wait, tell me that again. If you took $100 out of your pocket right there and said, I'll give you 100 bucks if you can tell me what I just told you. They'd snap out of their fog uh, and they'd tell you exactly what you just told them. And then they'd take the $100. When a person says, tell me that again, what that person is telling you is, I want to be part of that story. Nobody needs features and benefits. We, they're sell for 1% because we know we can buy them anywhere. What they want is transformation. That's what they want. What they want is to be a part of that story about how you just keep getting happier, better, happier, better. That's what everybody wants, including the people listening to us today, which is why they should embrace all of this. It'll make them happier. All right. Well, let's, there's so much in there. I, I, I do want to come back to a point that you, or actually a word that you're using that personally, because I've been working with you, I know there's so much richness just in this word. Um, you mentioned to, to do all of this, to guide transformations, you must stage a series of experiences. Yeah. Let's talk about the word stage. Okay, beautiful. Right? Because you already picked me up on language I was using around delivery of service, delivery of processes, creating client experiences could be a way to think about this. Oh, yeah, um, Right. Yeah. Why why do you use the word stage? Because I believe when we go down this path, advisors will start to hear some of the practical things that they can do to, yep. to start doing this. You deliver services. Delivery is efficient. When services are I at their best, they're invisible. It was the crate. Like, think about geez, I can never remember the clever name they have for those stores. What are those Amazon stores? It's not grab and go stores, but it's oh. something really similar to that. No, so the Amazon Go stores. I only yeah. learned about this since I moved here because I was like, hey, does Amazon have a supermarket? And and the guys in the office here were saying, yeah, it's like this thing that you can just walk into, walk out, and that's it. You don't even know Didn't that it happens. Yeah. That's yeah. service. Wow. No, I went in, I grabbed the milk, and I walked out. How was the service? The what? I'm not even thinking. That was your question, though. Why did I ask you that? Ah, uh, staging experiences. Oh, yes. Thank you. Staging. Okay. Where services, thank you for that, where services are all about invisible, efficient, let's find the uh, inefficiencies and weed them out, experiences, it changes your posture on it. All work is theater. Every business is a stage. A service to welcome someone in is one thing. 
Staging an experience implies everyone in their place playing a role. It's a production. In fact, your client is the starring, is the lead role in this play called the client meeting. And they don't even know everything from the moment they received the confirmation to come to the meeting has been part of this experience. Specifically, that would be the enticing phase. Little does the client realize that all of these experiences along the way are interconnected, informed by a single idea, the transformation we want. So that when, and I'm going to give you an example of this. Years and years ago, I went and met a client. When I went into their suite of offices, I was brought to their offices from the lobby where someone was waiting for me. In and of itself, the easiest thing you can do and get the biggest impact. Elevator opens and there's someone standing there who immediately knows that you are Mark. Good morning. I'm waiting for you. When they brought me down and opened the door, everyone was working at their desks. And as soon as the doors were open and we walked in, everybody at the same time, and I do hope that everybody listening is able to also watch this. Literally, they're working like this. And then the door opens and in unison, they all did this. And then they stood up and they all came over to me. And they stood in front of me in like a semicircle and introduced themselves, told me who they were and what they did, and impressed upon me that they were all delighted and had been looking forward to my visit. Not only that, the person who 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 accompanied me in at that point had sort of taken their leave. They'll come back into the story in a moment. Everybody said hello. Then they separated, like two went this way, two went that way, where I'm now revealed, standing in front of me as the advisor who walks up. It's like the opening act, the main event, he comes up. That was even a moment. We returned to his office, and the person who led me in and then disappeared reappeared then with this lovely tray and all kinds of great stuff. It's literally, this is a little offensive to put it this way, it's a set play. It's a, it's a production they put on every time. And they have since augmented, of course, by having you then sit for a few minutes. You're met in the lobby. You then sit in this little area and you watch this really cool film while you have a coffee. And then they bring you. So staging, it changes the way you look at the work. Delivery service is efficient. We left it on your step. We took a picture with with our smartphone and texted you to let you know it's outside your door. Uber Eats. Experience. Slow it down. Treat people like guests and focus on memory and emotion. That's what you're staging. When this person walks in the door, how do we want them to feel? And how are we going to do it? Without telling them overtly, we intend to do this to you. How can we make them say it to us? That's the game. By making the impressions and the taking the actions we do for them to say to us, I just feel like you're my best friends. If that was our intention, I keep saying this series of staged experiences informed by an idea. That idea could be every one of our clients believe, like feels that we care about them, that we're like their best friend. 
We know them and want to protect them. We never tell them that. Everything we do is to get them to say it to us. It's such a it's such a great shift um, uh, and deliberate use of that word. Um, it's such a great shift to to move from the age old question in service delivery and process design of what do we need the person to do hmm. to how do we want them to feel exactly. You start they with that question. What they want them to do. Correct. 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 You start with that question. Everything changes. Now, how about I add some flesh to that? Imagine, so we say, okay, well, clearly the business outcome is assuming there's the right fit. We, we want them to become a client and trust us with all their money and send a referral once a year, even twice a year. What the hell? Three times a year if we're dreaming. That's what the business outcome is. Exactly. Now begin with this idea. And what if the feeling we wanted them to have was possible? Whenever I'm with you, I feel like I can do anything. Like, I don't mean leap on building. I mean, like, I realize that I can do anything I want. You just make me feel possible. Not only in myself, but in the choices that I put myself in the position to have. Boring ones. I could retire earlier. I could do this. I could move. I could blah, blah, blah. But it, imagine that. Imagine that inside a person. Whenever I am with Mark, I just feel more possible. Nah, they probably would never talk about you to anybody. <laughs> Well, let's let's go there. I, I'm conscious, you know, we could talk about this for hours, evidently. Um, but a couple a couple things before we um we move to asking you about your values, Dennis, and and closing that way, like we do with with our industry experts. Yeah. Um, let's let's take a bit of a shift from the the altruistic sort of conversation we've been having around why people should change and and how this is so important to those that are still listening to this going, eh, to be fair, that sounds good, but I've been getting paid to not do that for ages. Why do I need to change? Or, you know, eh, it sounds a little bit difficult. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to come off as condescending or I hope yeah. the tone of voice is there, but it's a really obvious and, and logistical question, right? Like, yeah, what, I had this conversation with an advisor a few days ago. Right, and it's fair. It's completely fair, right? If they if they're sitting on a great recurring revenue book and they're looking at this, going, sounds like a lot of effort. What do you say to those people? Because no doubt you would have this conversation all the time, like you mentioned yesterday. What do you say to those that are still unconvinced? Okay, well, there's two kinds. There's those of you who have a big enough business that you don't have to make any changes because you can ride this out. To you, I say nothing. <laughs> okay. And to the then there's the second group of people, which is, no, your business isn't big enough. And if you're chasing down services and avoiding the experience economy and the transformation economy, it's just going to get tougher and tougher for you. Go in the direction it's all moving. We can see where this is, okay? And now I'm going to appeal to the human side of you for three reasons. Okay, I, know, I don't even know anybody who's listening to this right now. All I know is you, brother. That's it. So it's like my amazing Kreskin moment. You're familiar, probably not. Okay, so here, Johnny Carson, old gag on The Tonight Show back in the day. I know something about every single person listening right now, even though I don't even know your names. I am so certain of it. I'm saying it's going to be, I'm saying it on a podcast. My God, I can could be wrong for a million years. No, I'm going to be right for a million years. Everyone listening wants to be happier. 
I want to be happier and I'm one of the happiest people I know. I'll take it free every time, man. Happiness is it. Okay? I know that. Here's number two. I know that everybody listening wants things to be easier. Now, there's two kinds of easier. There's the lies. And those are things like the four-hour work week. Anything like that, I think, is dumb. Any books like that, oh, I bought a kit, I bought a program. Anything that you are buying to avoid doing the work is nonsense. That kind of easier, I don't want to invest myself in it emotionally. I don't want to do anything that's hard. I get it. I'm a human too. I got a lizard. I have resistance too. Okay, I get it. I get it. The second kind of easier I'm talking about is a willingness to do the work. And because you do, your phone rings and people say things to you like, hey, Mark, my name is Dennis. And I'm almost embarrassed that it took me this long to call you. I've been hearing such great things about you for so long. Number one, I know you want to be happier. Number two, I know you want it to be easier. My God, it's humiliating at times. It's demoralizing at times to have to convince someone of your value and your sincere desire to help them. Like my, don't you just want to not convince anybody? If you stage experiences and transformations, people will call you because they want to be part of that story. And here's number three. You want to be happier. You want things to be easier. I don't sell the lie of easy. Oh, here, buy my thing. Do these seven things. No, sorry. If you want a world-class, remarkable wealth management practice, the people are going to talk about You're going to have to put some effort in. Fortunately for everybody listening, there's us. And I use that about you and I, Lumiant and us and us. It's what we do. It's why we're together. Here's the third thing I know. Everybody wants to go home at the end of the day and say to whomever it is you share your life with, I just had a day that was so crazy. I can't believe I get paid. I just had a day. Where some where I felt the difference I make. I just had a day where, you know, you crack a beer in your kitchen and you literally have to say to your significant other, in my case, Sherry, I can't say this to too many people, but I had a day today where people just called me and thanked me all day long. And I am proud to say this. I regularly have those days. They're not really full days. It's more like it happens every damn day of my life seven days a week. People read the blog, see a video, saw me talk, send an email, do whatever. Feels amazing. So here it is. Managing investments. Yeah, that's interesting. Leading humans, transforming humans, everything. You want to, well, why do I want to do it? Hey, if you, I'm not going to argue with you. If you want to defend the position of doing as little as you have to, you knock yourself out with that. You're, we're probably not, we can, we can still even be friends. Probably just never going to work together. Or you can say, if I just really thought about this, what would I want to teach people? And how cool could this be? How, how non being a financial advisor would that feel like if it was an event every day? If going in was about human engineering, not portfolio management, go ahead. Let everybody else manage the investments. You're going to do that too, but you're going to subsume it up into something bigger, something that actually makes the client a true profit. You got lots of money. Absolutely. We got all kinds of money. You can pay our bills and go on vacation, all that great stuff. But along the way, I lived a happier life and I have a much more meaningful, 
rewarding existence. That's why you want to do it. So that's excellent. I, I love that. And, you know, we, we often speak about that. They're, they're, we're not here to convince people, right? You know, people can exist within their own state of happiness and, and that is okay. But if I if I shift now to a, a sense of positiveness, this is my last question before we, we wrap it up by asking about your values. Let's speak to those that are the believers. The, the, ones, the, ones, the ones that have listened to this podcast and gone, Dennis, I love everything that you're saying. Um, how do I get started? What, what's the what's the other than call you or call me or or, or yeah. be, become part of your community? What's the one or two things you'd say to them to go? You know what? Thank yeah. you, thank you. Let's get started. What what would what would be the thing you'd get them to do? Where do you start? Right. Well, yeah. now what? I'm sold. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. Now what? And I want everybody to just take yourself on a little mental trip with me here. We're at the lake. When my at my not so secret summer lair, and we're sitting on the point, and there's a fire going, and we've had a swim, and things are great, and we're having a couple of beers, and you're completely at peace. You're having that moment of feeling great about life and everything, and you look at me, and you'd say, "Dennis, let me tell you something. You want to have a happy life. This is what you need to think about." And you'd no doubt you'd have money in there. And there's no, as you should. No, it doesn't buy happiness, but a lack of it invites some misery, some stress and inconvenience. And stress, self-inflicted, is is self-harm. Be kind to yourself. But you'd tell me something. You'd say, based on my life experience and the people I've met and seen and the clients I've had, Dennis, I've had people come in. They have so much money. I can't believe they're miserable. I'm sitting across and wondering, what the hell is wrong with these people? What do you know about happy, successful people living a life less ordinary that they're content and happy and fulfilled? Figure out what those things are and teach them to me. Create something for me to buy into. This is what makes experiences, again, different than services. Services are for everybody. Everybody needs a financial plan. Not everybody needs the experience you're staging or the transformation that you're promising. But people that do are going to And they're going to tell every other person they know that's like them to come buy in. Which means the advisors listening, you have to shift outside, beyond. Like there's two kinds of work you have to do there. There's the assigned work. All assigned work competes on price. It's written on your business card. I have a new business card in my house from a kid who stains decks. For $1,200, he's going to do my deck when the snow is gone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. All assigned work, doesn't matter what you do, competes on price. But the required work, that's the human work. To be clear, it's the work that's over there that none of you do because you've been telling yourself for all these years it's not actually your job. Like you're on a work to rule campaign. I'm only doing what I have to do. Okay, All the human work that's messy and emotional and undefined and hard emotional labor, that's the work that they need done. And when you commit to doing that work, you know what I I call it? Healthy, wealthy, and wise. 
When you commit to doing that work, the very next problem you're going to have is capacity. The phone's ringing off the hook. And that's not some cheeseball Hail Mary promise at the end. When you change a human being and you contribute to their life, they talk about it. Healthy, wealthy, wise. What are you teaching your clients? Who are you helping them become? Wealthy, you've all got that down. How about their mental health and their body and their sense of self? Are you helping them with that? Wise, what are you teaching them? What are they telling you? That thing from earlier when I said the best thing a client can say. When they, how do you want to be referred? And here's where you start with all of it. Like, how do you, when someone says, you're going to go work with my advisor, Mark, here's why. What do you want them to say about you? He always returns his phone calls. What do you want them to say about you? How about, imagine your problems if they said this. No, you got to meet this guy, comma, man. No, you got to meet this guy. He's going to freak you out. But like in a really good way. He's, he's professional. He's this, he's that. But I'm telling you, this guy's going to get in your head and do these things and make, he's got Sherry and I think about stuff we never thought about before. We're really happy. And of course, at the risk of being completely convenient, it's where the whole Lumian angle comes in. It's a structured conversation around everything that's actually important. And I've said this since long before I ever heard of you guys, the value of having a financial plan and a financial advisor who assumes the mantle of being a guide, a, a partner supporting you is that once you've got a plan, an advisor you can talk to, <laughs> you could talk about stuff that's actually interesting, like who you want to be when you grow up. Like what, you know, I don't want to get too personal, but I could, and I should stop talking because I'm on a rant, but you know, it's the theme of where we're going, right? Dennis, I, I I love it. You know, um, it, your your energy is infectious, and and we'll wrap up with some of these see, some of these tips. Yeah, but yeah. Um, like we do with with all our industry experts to come and join us on Lumion Live, we want to get a bit of a sense uh, about your values and what's most important to you. So, uh, for those of you listening, I've got on screen now Dennis's uh, or Lumion's sixteen value statements, and and Dennis, I'm going to ask you what I ask every industry expert. To let us know, out of these value statements, what's what's the one that really resonates with you, and and why does that one resonate with you? Oh wow! First of all, these are all really wonderful. They're <laughs> all great. Um, I'm looking for it because I know where it's going to be. It's I like educate loved ones. I love. I love support and protect those I love. I'm looking for the one that says nurture my relationships. I'm looking for the one that says right. tough right in the pink. There it is. It's spent mine would be if I wrote my own, spend surround myself with those who love me the most. That almost I could get a crack choke myself up just saying that to you right now. That's what I that's it. It's to serve the ones I love the most and surround myself with them. And to do that for everybody listening. It's a line from a song, by the way, everyone, called About Blank by Gord Downey. Surround yourself with those who love you the most. Dennis, what a what a fabulous note to, to end on. Look, it's been a, a wild ride, but a really energetic one. 
one that I hope serves as the veritable shot in the arm for for the experienced, focused, human focused advisors that that listen to our podcast. We've covered all sorts of things, Dennis, and we've covered too many things for me to to, to do justice to in a wrap up. But you know, as simple as changing from delivery of service to staging experiences to guiding transformations sums up everything for, for me, Dennis. And um, on behalf of the community, I want to say thank you for spending the time with us. Thank you for being part of our Lumaverse, as you've coined, uh, which I love, by the way. Um, and uh, and thank you for for sharing all your experience, insights and tips for our community. We, we can't wait to keep working with you and we hope that this has been tremendous value for, for not only our community but yourself as well. This is talking about all of this is always of value to me it makes me feel good and uh i don't want to take the last word i'll just say i sure hope we can do this again there's so much more to say about all of this what what is there is there a more you know important role than a financial advisor i've said it forever no not that i can think of you have your client's attention and an opportunity to not just make them a profit but leave them one what an incredibly fulfilling uh, role you could play in people's lives. Oh my goodness. Mark, I hope we get to do this all the time. This was a blast, man. I loved it. Thanks, Dennis. We'll, uh, we'll absolutely do it again, man. Thank you so much. Oh, for, for Peace, everybody. Cheers, man. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lumiant Live. If you really enjoyed it, we'd love if you could hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for tuning in. <laughs>